Hey, Steve. Hey, Chris. No, I don't actually say "Hey, Steve" like I originally used to. You still be "Hey, Steve." Hey, yeah. Now I try and vary it up. Yeah, you would be offensive to Italian Americans, you know, or or to Greek strong bad rip off. Or yeah, strong bad. Right. <laughs> but I think it was he supposed was "Hey, Steve" more like Greek, Look, wasn't he? I am Italian, I, so I'm, I'm Greek, allowed to say and I'm Greek, so we're allowed to to do that, right? We're allowed to be we're allowed to be racist to Mediterraneans. Yes. Um. Or not, I don't know. Uh, anyways, <laughs> away from that uncomfortable subject, let's hmm. talk about the fact that we haven't actually talked in a while. We have not talked in a while. We were supposed to record last week, and stuff happened. I can't remember what. I think I have Life is complicated right now. Life is complicated. Um, you got children. I got issues. Uh, <laughs> so... Uh, as my blog is making clear, by the way, RamblePack64.com now has uh, comments through the Discuss system. So, yeah, if you got a Discuss account, which you can, you know, harass me on my own website now. You can um, start a discussion, just don't say anything disgusting. I think my... I hate you. I think my only rule is don't be a jerk, but... Um, Clearly, on the internet, that rule is very vague and in, in, yeah. in, in consumptive. We can barely even abide by that on the podcast. Mm -hmm. So, so um, today we're discussing just uh, taking a little bit of time travel to January 2019 and beyond Whoa. into what we've been playing the last few months, which ironically is starting with what I've been playing this month. Because I wanted to talk about my experiences with Final Fantasy XIV. Evidently the secret best Final Fantasy, acclaimed by many people that play it. Which I'm not sure about, because I'm not far enough yet. I started on the Zalera server, I think it is. It's one of the uh, US East Coast data centers. Well, I'm assuming East Coast. But, US data center. Um... And it add a bonus to experience, and that's why I'm already, like, level 21 mm. out of 50. So, not, for, like, three or four play sessions, that's actually not too bad. Yeah. Like, most MMOs are designed to be, like, really slow and grind-heavy. And if I wasn't getting, like, double the experience every time, well, by now I'd clearly be, like, level 9 or 10. There you go. So. Anyways, um... Yeah, playing Final Fantasy XIV, and I've got a few interesting thoughts. I don't, I won't, uh, not interesting. Man, I, this has been so long, I'm so rusty. I am sorry, everybody. I'm going He's to be better at very this. very sorry. I'm always sorry. Um, no, the, so, Final Fantasy XIV. Mechanics-wise, best way I can describe it, for me, given my limited experience with MMOs, is... The gameplay reminds me of Dragon Age, in that you have a lot of abilities that are, have cooldowns and you kind of hot hotkey them. Like, if you remember Dragon Age on a controller, did you play it on a controller? Did you play it on a console? I did. Yeah, I, don't, I haven't played anything on PC features. So, Eons. Dragon Age Origins, if you recall, you would have different abilities tied to different buttons kind of a deal. You press, like, hold L trigger, and then press X or Y or B to use an ability. And then it has a cooldown. 
basically that's exactly how it works in Final Fantasy XIV. Which, as I understand it, Dragon Age has kind of MMO-ish combat, so there you go. That could explain it. It's the circle of life. No. I did not hit that note. You did not hit that note. It was definitely That was awful. Note. You have hurt really our <laughs> listeners' ears. So, it's got that kind of deal going for it. And I'm playing a Lancer character, and I like it. You know, it's, it's, it's kind of fun. It's a nice, chill, relaxed game. Um, the story hasn't really kicked much into gear. And part of the reason I got so high in level was I was doing every quest available. But because I get that experience bonus, I'm so high in level that I'm like, story. Just going to do story now. And I've hit a point where it's saying like, oh, well, we want you to do a dungeon with multiple players. And I'm like, okay. oh, no. I, so little known fact, I played Final Fantasy XI for a while, years ago. And that's where I got stuck in Final Fantasy XI was I basically reached a point and it was sort of like, okay, if I grind so that I'm 10 levels ahead of where this mission requires me to be, maybe I can beat it solo. Or I need to actually interact with people. I don't actually personally know anyone who plays this game. So I'm going to have to interact with other people somehow on the internet to get a team together to do this mission. And that's kind of where I fell off. I started the grinding and then I was like, hey, I'm not really into this. And I ended my subscription. And right now I've got about 19 or 20 days left of my free trial well not free trial i mean i already bought the game the base game but that's where i'm kind of at like it's different than playing destiny where like as i noted with you like i jumped in the, like you were in the public instance of destiny right before we recorded and it looks so empty whereas you you go into any public space in final fantasy 14 and the best description I can give it is being in a shopping mall. Hmm. It's this weird pseudo-social space where there's other people present, but they are so numerous and all going about their own business to the point that it feels just as, uh, just as or more isolating because you just see people, like just so many people, and... Like, how are you going to interact with any of them? Hmm. I mean, technically, there are options. And I've told people that. It's like, hey, man, it's just easy. Like, the community is very good. But it's like, the people. They're all people. They've got their own crap to do. They're all crafting. They don't want to talk to me, random cat boy. Like, and that that (laughs) is... Especially if you're at... I mean, I don't know how it is in that. I know in Destiny, I'm somewhat frequently-ish get random messages to invite me into parties. But that's because I'm typically max light, you know, nice gear. I've got all the meta weapons and everything. No, see, so that's... if somebody examines me, they say, oh, that's the guy that I want to do a nightfall with. So being, <laughs> I'm guessing in Final Fantasy XIV, you're not there yet, so you're not even going to get that sort well, of... Well, not quite, because this is where my hypocrisy kicks in. I've gotten two invitations to free companies, but because they were from random people that never gave like any kind of a, the one of them was described as like, this is for new players, you know, blah, 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 kind of a thing. Always looking for anybody to help with any activity. 
But because it's like it didn't come with a message, it didn't come with anything, it didn't come with any kind of a qualifier, so I'm just like, I, I, I don't know you. Get away. Stranger's danger. Stranger danger. <laughs> like, so I, it's, it, it's one of those spots where now I'm stuck where it's like, I do want to play with other people. But, like, I got more... It turns out I got more anxiety about strangers online than I do in real life. Like, I can make small talk with okay. people in real life. Now, I'm kind of with but, you there. I'm, I'm, see, I'm somebody who's very outgoing in real life. And I'm the opposite online. I'm very, like, oh, look, I don't want to... I hope my teammates aren't mad at me that my KDR in the, in, yeah. is only, like, 1.0... Or something. And there's you know? also something about Destiny where it's, and maybe some of it's because the first time I did anything with other public people was usually because we only had like two or three people in our group, and so we got someone to fill out that extra spot. Right. So I got used to pub, like just not interacting with the pub, the pub. Right. And it's always for that one activity. I have no idea what the etiquette or anything in Final Fantasy XIV is. So, whereas in Destiny, I'd be like, okay, whatever. I'm not even, like, nobody's going to be on the public voice channel anyway. Right. Like, because, have you, nobody on Destiny is ever on the public voice channel. You know, in Gambit Prime, I've been seeing a lot more of it because it really, it's publicly match made and you really will die and lose always if you're not on part of the team. Oh, interesting. I've seen it more. I still don't jump on it. <laughs> um, I mean, Destiny, the big thing is, is the LFGs. Is, looking for group, yeah. Yeah, looking for groups. Um, where they have, it, they have it built into the app now. And I think that's where, that's how that interaction usually goes, is you either just put it out there, or you invite somebody that you see, you know, you do like a little dance in the tower or something. Yeah. You do an emote at them. Do they do an emote back at me? Oh boy. <laughs> And it's then like if a they, mating dance. <laughs> yeah, and if they do... Only it's a raiding dance! <laughs> it's a raiding dance. <laughs> and if they do, you invite them to the party. But yeah, that stuff's awkward. And I, that was the thing in Final Fantasy XI. I, I actually remember going through the same thing. Where I'm like, okay, let's say I wanted to party up with random people. How do I do that? And I just kind of didn't really... The game's got systems for it. Realm Reborn does have systems for it. That's like, because they've already given me a whole bunch of options, but it's that weird sort of like, I'd rather jump off with someone that I know. Which, now that I know you've played Final Fantasy XI, I'm sitting here kind of like, could you please grab it and we can catch up and then do this together kind of a thing? But at the same time, it's. You need to at least buy the base game, and you got the 30 days, and then after that it's like, well, are we going to keep playing this? Do I get the subscription or not? And What's the subscription? I think like 15 a month. 15 a month, and then you have to buy expansions? Or are the expansions free? Uh, they're not free. You do have to buy the expansions. And people, so it people is... complain about like a $20 season pass for Destiny or something. And it's yeah, like... it is kind of funny when you think about it in that regard. <laughs> And it does make me wonder how long Final Fantasy XIV is going to be able to keep doing this. But it's evidently one of the biggest money makers Square, Square Enix has right now. So, and I can kind of see why, because the cinematics for every expansion... Like, dude, there is something in the setting that is like, I want them to just make a TV show in this. Hmm. Like, 
Is that, their is cinematic that artists. It, instead of Kingsglaive, instead of Kingsglaive, they should have made a movie of freaking Yortzia and Final Fantasy XIV. Like, they should have done some kind of a movie with it is instead it, of Kingsglaive, because Kingsglaive was not very good. Yeah, it wasn't really good. Alright. All <clears throat> is it, so is, it, is that what Final Fantasy XIV, though? Is it like Final Fantasy the show? I wouldn't well, see. He, hmm. The problem with it's that like is Agents of Shield to I've uh, seen, a more more like Daredevil. I've seen actual Final Fantasy anime, so that's already for me like a an, oh, I have two, a loaded I, question. That's true. I actually uh, have but one. the best way I could put it is there's probably a big epic story eventually. But again, I'm not there yet. I just left the starting area. Right, which is sort of like why is Final Fantasy fourteen the show? Because or Final Fantasy the show? Because it's like it's that's how most, most like it's shows the, are. You know, it's like oh, you just slow star, kind of you thing. get the characters, maybe, and then like Agents of Shield didn't I mean, actually get to the real plot until I've, three quarters of the way through the first season. And I'll say, I liked I liked the opening cinematic where some like. It's funny because the first thing reminded me of Skyrim or like any kind of Elder Scrolls game because you wake up on a wagon and some dude's talking <laughs> to you. Or at least I did because I, I started as a Lancer which starts in the Gridania region which is like the forest region. And there are Moogles of the forest that evidently most people can't see but your character can. Oh. And it was great because I got to see a Moogle upturn some dude's booze and just guggle, guzzle it all. Just, like, pound it down. Nice. And it was great. So, yeah, that's a drunk Moogle. Um, I just assumed that Moogles were perpetually drunk. I mean, maybe. But I, that's why, because they steal yeah. everyone's booze. Um, the English voice acting is English voice acting for a Japanese game. If you can tolerate it, you can tolerate it. Uh, I switched to Japanese because I'm a weeaboo. Um, again, waifu go. Someone make it happen. Um, but... It's it, like I'm not sure. Like, I I feel like I should at least try. Like I'll plug my headset in, and one night I'll be like, okay, tonight I'm going to see what it's like to play with randoms on Final Fantasy XIV, and I will see what happens, and maybe I'll somehow make friends. Because from what I can tell, the only other option is to jump onto Reddit, and this server does not have its own active Reddit. It hasn't been posted to in I think a couple of oh. years. So that means going to the regular Final Fantasy XIV Reddit, which has some thousands of people, and that's the point where to me Reddit is pointless, because there's so many people that it's like, why don't I just message someone in the game? Yeah, like, it's 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 well because it's, it's sort of like I don't know. It's sort of uh, this is a bad analogy, maybe. It's like probably the, it's the difference between going to a bar and trying to strike up a conversation and putting out a personal ad and just being like, hey, like, here's my ad. Like, maybe somebody will respond to this and want to hang out with me versus, like, having to go out there and be like, like, hey, are you from Tennessee? Because I forgot the rest of this joke. <laughs> uh, but... <laughs> so... <laughs> <laughs> So, serious question, is that the actual pickup line? That is not the actual pickup line. It should be. <laughs> <laughs> if, 
That's great. That's wonderful. I want to see you try that, even though you're the married one. I want to see you try that one day. In yeah. that exact voice. In that exact voice. I would do it in that exact voice. Um, so, um, as you said, I don't know if I'll be. I'll keep going. But, but but I can see like I've heard like using. There's like you know the Destiny Reddit is very active, and I've heard lots of good stories about oh like somebody posts like oh like I put posted I was looking for a game and I didn't think I'd find anybody. And we had a great time, and we finished the raid, and I made five new friends or something like that. So, can't hurt. Maybe. We'll see. There's a lot of fish in the sea. <laughs> Sorry. No, they're... No. They all got, like, plastic around their necks. Mm. But anyways... Because we are slowly killing our... Yes. Environmentalism. Yes. Um... So, speaking of online games... That's pretty much all I play anymore. Yeah. Bro, Broski. Yeah, it's... Smash a beer can on your head? I, I do that every now and then, and then it hurts really bad. <laughs> but... Perhaps I think in a, in a, in a sort of a, a coalition of... One, this is the sort of thing that is getting pushed more. Part of it is part of it. Part of it is, and in, at least in the case of... There's so much stuff coming out these days, really. So two of the games I have on here, or three of the things I have on here, were free to play. Uh, one of them I was like $10, and then the other one was Destiny, which is like my full-time commitment, part-time job uh, <laughs> that I play, uh, along with in terms of the online stuff. Um, so, so there's a lot of factors in that for me. One of the factors is these sorts of games are basically AAA console mobile phone games in that they're designed for you to pick up, accomplish something, and then either continue just accomplishing things quickly or to just pick up and then put right back down when you're done with it. So it's really easy for, I'm not, I have not had a lot of dedicated time to spend on games. Uh, a lot of times when I do, it's, I'm, you know, sitting in a room waiting for children to sleep on my Vita <laughs> or something like that. So, basically, so I played a lot of Destiny. I tried out the Division, the original Division, not the Division 2, because PS, the PlayStation Store had the original Division with all the expansions for $15 on a sale. And I was like, yeah! Um, that'll do, babe, that'll do. I spent some time with the Anthem beta. And I spent a pretty good amount of time with Warframe to form an opinion. Oh, and before that, I played I, Apex Legend with my drug, drug of choice for a couple weeks. Uh, so I sort of got all of the... I'm just sort of soaking in the current online gaming landscape right now. You are EA's what dream? Basically. Oh, I just spilled whiskey on myself. That's terrible. Speaking of I was dreams. talking with my hands while I was <laughs> holding a cup of whiskey and it's... Not a good idea. So, all right, so let's get this out of the way. Destiny is the greatest game ever made. <laughs> and I don't know, like, so I'm, I'm currently watching... <laughs> You're I, wrong, but okay. I, I'm currently watching my seven-year-old son replay through the original campaign. And he just, like, wants to catch up with me. And I'm just like, oh, 
Oh, so you can raid with us? A, just, just in general. I'm like, oh, it's going to be a very long time before you catch up with me. There's just, what, it's not the greatest, depending on your metrics, but in terms of, if you picked up Destiny 2, if you picked up one of these packages that's got Destiny 2, Forsaken, and the Season Pass, or whatever, and all the previous expansions, like, there's a lot of game, there's a lot of stuff to do, there's a lot of very interesting things to do in there. You just have to completely skip all the Osiris, mis- Osiris missions. See, okay, I'm going to call you out on this, because I think that what you, for what you wanted Destiny to be, (laughs) that that Destiny 2, as as it launched, was actually great. Because actually, I liked Destiny 2 as it launched. I liked Curse of Osiris. It was a little thin. It was a little thin, and and maybe the, the reveal of Osiris was a little disappointing. But in terms, and same with Warmind, was... A little better in some ways, a little worse in other ways. But in terms of the structure of the game, it was good, it was fun. It was like you had the main game, you had nice bite-sized pieces of content to bite off through, through the year. Warmind, there were some good set pieces in there. If you took the story, if you didn't count the story, Warmind would have been received a lot more warmly. Firstly, if the 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 protocol escalation protocol. escalation protocol was not so ridiculously difficult and if two of the strikes weren't just remixed missions and one of them being one of the most annoying remixed missions that's true that was the sour grapes for warmind yeah that was I some... mean not, yes warmind not osiris um and you're right. Destiny 2 was largely great in everything I wanted it to be until I hit max level and realized I never actually wanted to hit max level. Yeah. Because that kind of ruined everything for me, I think, with Destiny. So, and I had mixed feelings about this because on the one hand, for me, the the year two content rollout, the way they've done it, there's less direct story, less cinematic story, I would say. Um... And there's more just stuff to do. And it's kind of a mixed bag in a lot of ways. In the one hand, you never run out of things to do. I haven't done, I still haven't gotten every Black Armory weapon, um, let alone get get great rolls on every Black Armory weapon. Uh, you know, I still haven't gotten to stage three of the Reckoning. Which is, The Reckoning is this new mode that there's three stages of it. The first one is basically kill enemies quickly in a horde mode and then you win. The second mode, the second tier, not stages, tier, the second tier adds some raid-like mechanics where first you do, you basically do stage one and then you have to build a bridge by holding points while you get attacked and then you get into a third room where you have to you know kill a monster or whatever to get a buff and then with that buff you can damage the main enemy the main boss and then you have to you know kill the boss and you're on a timer so you can't you know you got to do it quickly anyway 
So I haven't even got I haven't even gotten through all of the stuff there is to do. And I played a lot. And so it I don't know, it's destiny. And we've talked about it. And a we've lot. talked about I figured this was supposed to be it was this was supposed to be like what have we been playing? Well, we been playing right. So so this is that's a lot of what I've been playing. So how does that compare to say the division or what I played of the Anthem beta? Um I actually thought the division was really fun until it, it turned into a slog. Um and everyone this has already been covered by anyone who's talked to talked about the division. It's so where it Destiny's Destiny is my my benchmark here for a for these sort of persistent online games. I everyone says loot shooter or looter shooter. I think for for Destiny and Division and probably Anthem, which I haven't I don't haven't played enough of Anthem to totally get this. I think that's an aspect of what the game is, but not the whole story. Division to me honestly felt kind of like um, Deus Ex or even Mass Effect in some ways and the way the initial, the story set up and the way it works. Not entirely Deus Ex, that's maybe a little bit off. Yeah, I was going to say, which one are we talking about? Invisible War? The original, maybe? Uh, well, because what it is, you have a... The aspects of the setup felt sort of like it. Um... Because the original Deus Ex is like a sci-fi, near future, um, and you sort of, you get these missions and you go out into this big open space. And it's got the Statue of Liberty. And you, and you have, did you ever play the original Deus Ex? No, don't know, but I do, I have not, but I do know it's got the Statue of Liberty in it. Okay. So, <laughs> so it was, for me at least, it was one of the first games I played with this sort of open mission structure. Where, okay, here's your objective over here, and there are ten different paths to get to your objective. Some of those paths are easily accomplished by just shooting everything in sight. Some of those paths are only accessible with certain abilities and skills, and so on. And so, in the Division, it's not quite like that. But when you do a mission, it sort of feels like you have this... Right, I've got these different paths to the mission and I'm in this world and then I go in and I sort of, once I've triggered the main encounter, now I'm on this path. Uh, it's not entirely the same, but there were just aspects of it that felt like that. It's, it's story driven, you go and there's a plague and everything else. Anyway, so I thought the vision was cool except for it's a realistic, in air quotes, big air quotes, we're not on video so you can't see them. <laughs> shooter where you're constantly running into enemies that can you know take a full clip from an assault rifle and then take six shots from a shotgun and their health is only halfway down and this and I think that's is a real what, bummer this is what also gets me about the division because these are also just regular looking human beings right and I can't like okay 12-foot-tall hulking alien that's got the same armor as its six-foot equivalent. I can totally buy needing to pour clip after clip after clip after clip after clip out of, like, ammo into that guy. I yeah. can't buy into having to do that to a just dude. Yeah. Just a dude. Well, especially when you feel as fragile as you should in a realistic-ish shooter. 
So you mm, that you feel worse. that you feel fragile. He he only needs to like unload half a clip into you, and you're toast. And then, but you're having to do this in a, and that really killed the game for me. Also, there's just little things that killed it, like the the enemy dialogue was trash. Like it was just trash. It was the same thing over and over again, and it felt like it was written by like an angry thirteen year old. Or something. And this is the magic that the original Halo had, Bungie forgot for a while, and have now remembered with Destiny. When they're aliens, and you can't understand what they're saying, it just always sounds cool. Right. Whatever they're saying. You could just make up stuff in your head. And then every once in a while, you hear them laugh at your expense. That's my favorite. Yeah. No, it's great. Um, but yeah, the division is not great. My wife was getting really annoyed. At me when I was playing it. Because <laughs> they were saying the same things over and over again. And everything they said had like multiple F-bombs in it. And oh so it's just like... Like I got... That, that combined with the bullet sponge bosses who would just... Who would waste you in... Like so fast. Just made me decide not to play Division. Um, and the matchmaking was janky. And like Destiny does all these things so well. It does the the sort of the, the the split from this is a shared space, this is a non-shared space. Um, these are match-made activities. These are solo activities or activities you can only bring your own friends with. Division it felt kind of messy, like the you could sort of call for matchmaking, and but sometimes you did that and it would want to drop you in somebody else's game. Sometimes it would want to drop people into your game. So you could be halfway... You could have started matchmaking at the start of a mission, gotten halfway through the mission, and you never got matchmade. And then it's asking you if you want to jump into somebody else's mission, and you jump into their mission, and they just started the mission. Stuff like that, where it was... It just feels janky compared to Destiny, where it's like, this is a matchmade activity. You will be matchmade when you enter the activity, and now you will do it with your team. Uh, anyway, all that to be said, Warframe. Chris and I talk about Warframe a lot uh, because Here's I was thing. very dismissive of Warframe. And I've and heard Chris a lot of good things about it. Okay, so as compared to Anthem and The Division, I see some places that Warframe really shines, um, especially as a free game. Uh, well, free in big air quotes. So I played, I don't know how long I played. I played quite a bit. I finished the first sort of campaign. I was working on unlocking the gate to Venus or something like that. And I have not seen any new weapons since the two weapons you get in the tutorial mission. <laughs> how many mission, uh, how, how, how many hours did you say? A few, three, three hours. It's not a campaign. There's a there's an it's not a campaign, but it's like the it's like the the maybe, initial world. Right. It was well it's basically like the initial story. There's a story there's a there's an initial like your I don't know what to call it. It's like yeah, not you a got campaign. done Earth in Destiny. No, not really. Because it's sort of like so you this guy revives you accidentally and he's trying to take over you. And like take over, like take control of you, basically. And so the first sort of—I don't know what to call it. it, it it's, it's like a mini campaign 
and then it ends where you do all these missions related to him and you know getting all your basics taken care of and then you fight him and he's the boss and then you're just sort of left with okay like now maybe unlock the next thing to do all right so it's sort of like it felt like a like like uh, uh, it was first a, part part one part one it didn't really give me anything there was no story piece that was like, oh, like this is the next this is the thread major in the story okay. or something. This, this is the next hook or something. It was just like you finish this, and now like he can't. That was it. Um. So anyway, so but, but again, I done, I don't know, however many ten story missions, and did a whole bunch of extra activities. Did not see a single gun that I did not have to buy with money, and I was regretting my choices I made in the first mission. <laughs> uh, at that point too where I went with a bow instead of like the machine gun so if for a free game you could do a lot worse than Warframe um, I wasn't ready to spend money on it and I'm probably just going to leave it uh, just because it, it was cool it really you can see playing playing. Are you sure you you didn't need to go onto the Reddit and be like, "Yo, guys, help me like understand this game." Where do I, I get guns? Maybe, maybe I should ask somebody where do I get guns. But it seems like if a game is supposed to be some kind of loot shooter, that enemies should drop have loot. guns for me. At some point, I should finish an activity. I should finish wave five of the horde mode thing and get a gun drop after the second or third time or something like that, but I got no drops. Hmm. Um, so, like, there's some cool stuff. All of these sort of taken together, it really, one, it makes me appreciate Destiny. <laughs> um, I, think, I think Bungie has really done something special with Destiny, and that's why... You know, I look on, like, uh, whatever, their Destiny tracker and stuff like that, and I see that there are, like, half a million people playing Destiny at any given time, or something ridiculous like that. And I understand why, because it's it's really great. Now, also, hold on, before you move on. Why don't we give you a break, and we figure out something for, for, for me to talk about. Yeah, why don't you talk about something? I was just gonna gonna drop a, a thing on Apex Legends. It's cool. It's not anything like any of the other games. Um, if if I were gonna pick one free to play thing to play though, I would probably be playing Warframe, not Apex, even though Apex is fun. Interesting. Um, is that because of a preference for a player versus environment versus? Yeah, that's, that's versus more player. of a PVE over PVP preference. Actually, as far as I played um, a fair amount of Fortnite a while ago, yeah. and a fair amount of Apex, and Apex just strikes me, I mean, maybe this is just because I'm old, um, The there were just so many things that, that did not work for me in Fortnite that worked in Apex. Apex feels polished? Not just that it feels polished, it feels like it was designed for how I was playing. The, the, the stuff everybody talks about, the ping system, the team, the way the teams work, um, having it be class-based, 
were all were all but things that worked for every, me in every, a battle royale. Every so. time I look at Fortnite footage, I'm like, these are not the guys that made Gears of War and Unreal Tournament. The game just does not look as nice or smooth. Well, it doesn't, but it's it's competent. That's the thing. About, that's the thing that made Gears of War and Unreal Tournament were more than competent, though. Well, okay, it's a it's a. This is like telling me this is what the Unreal Two team. Not a real tournament to Unreal 2 team had been working on for years, and finally this is just what they crapped out. Well, because it has all this other stuff like the building system and all of that, that it it feels fine as a oh. shooter. Which, okay, honestly, you're right. When you when you say Gears of War and Unreal Tournament, and I say it feels fine. I mean, where did that pedigree go? I, I to lawbreakers, know. evidently, and then to a complete lack of pensions for Cliffy B's employees. So, yeah, uh, pour one which... out for Cliffy B. Oh, I already poured one out of my pants. So. <laughs> that sounds worse than I think you intended. <laughs> um, all right, pick a choice. Is there something you want to hear about specifically? Let's tell me about your experience with Sekiro: Shadows Die Twice. And how I abandoned it. Okay. Or how you abandoned it. How I abandoned it. Okay, so the first thing is I really should have known better going in. Dark Souls. I never beat the first boss. Really? And the biggest reason is because, oh, I climbed the tower. I drop on this Taurus guy's head to do a lot of damage. That I get. What I could never get to work is what happens when you drop to the ground after stabbing him in the head and I would keep getting tangled up in his feet. And nothing I did would get me to would help me avoid damage. That stupid narrow bridge I could never avoid his feet. I'd always get tangled in his feet and yet any strategy I tried that wasn't climbing the tower and dropping on his head never yielded much damage. So I'd be able to drop down two or three times and then I died. And I got tired of just play doing that over and over. Now I was like, whatever, man. This game's not for me. It's got a lot that's interesting. It's not for me. I'll let other people play it and love it. Unfortunately, since then, everything is Dark Souls. Everything is Dark Souls. Everything is compared to, be to Dark Souls. Dark Souls is like this biggest revelation. We didn't have difficult games before Dark Souls. We didn't have action games before Dark Souls. It's like... So there's a little bit of resentment to everyone that can't help but treat this as the greatest thing ever made since Super Mario Brothers. And going into Sekiro, every trailer made me hope it would be a faster-paced action game like I like. It is not. It really needs to be running at 60 frames a second. Hmm. Because it is very precise with its timing for deflection. And I've heard that's like the that's basically the whole game. It's parrying the game. Deflection the game, parrying the game. Yeah. You don't want to dodge that often, even though you're incredibly mobile. But then at the same time, the enemy has tracking. So even if you manage to successfully dodge, it's almost like the enemy will do a teleport. Or you yourself will physically teleport into like the brutes from Spider Man. Who like somehow exactly, magically that swivel, that magically their... swivel 180 degrees to land a punch. <laughs> exactly that problem. Um, 
Only this is supposed to be on a like a difficult action game, where I expect more. And it was especially bad coming off of Devil May Cry Five. Well, I, I, again, I haven't. Demon Souls is the one I played extensively, and so what? What I liked about Demon Souls, even looking back, was that it felt it was the precision. You learned every enemy, and then there was a specific pattern. And once you mastered those patterns. You just destroyed everything. And Whereas, there's, 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 okay, this guy, you need to block this attack, dodge this attack, and then stab here. And there is a sense to that in this game. But it moves fast enough that I feel like there are, like, basically there's too much that I would have rather have done a different way. Now, there's a lot of people out there, I already had arguments. I had arguments, in fact, with people that... Regarding that tracking I talked about where enemies will teleport, they talked about that's not bad design. The game's teaching you how to be good at the game. Oh. Like, and it's like, look, I understand the game's teaching you, man. I have a whole bunch of examples in my head of how games teach you within the game how to play right. That's not one of them. But whatever, there are just some people you can't argue with. From, you can't, evidently From can't make a bad design choice. No, they, they can't. can't program a lesser game like somehow on the resident evil engine devil may cry 5 with some big environments beautiful environments heavily detailed environments can run at 60 frames a second with all kinds of particle effects and characters on screen and does run good doesn't it it runs really good on an original ps4 Sekiro shadows die twice cannot run 60 frames a second so whatever fine I got further in it than I got Dark Souls. I will say that much. So you got past a boss? But I could tell... I was going to just get too frustrated. It wasn't my style. And even when it came... Like, the stuff that I liked the most was the stealth parts. And even then... Man, I'd rather play Mark of the Ninja. Hmm. Like it, it's it's like there's a there's always an equivalent, and I, I could better understand for some people because and it's a shame that this is what always keeps coming to mind because there I am becoming a bit of a uh, broken record like Darksiders. I absolutely love Darksiders. Darksiders is the game I would have designed when I was a kid. <laughs> um, it's metal. It's Legend of Zelda, but it's Devil May Cry, but it's also Prince of Persia. Like I loved all of these elements of game. It may not do any individual one better than those, but as a package, it's something different than I love, that none of those games are. I can understand having that same feeling towards Sekiro, but instead, I'm driven to want to play other games, including, it made me want to go back and just replay Darksiders 3. Interesting. Which is what's going to... Like, that is the one... Souls-like game I've managed to actually play and beat. Because the combat was closer to what I like in an action game. And therefore, I feel like this is one of those areas where what I want is always going to be different from what other people want. And I never beat Hollow Knight, but Hollow Knight has a lot of similar uh, elements to the Souls-like games. Only, aside from being two-dimensional... I liked how that combat worked as well. So there are games where it's it's the from style combat that I just don't like. It doesn't appeal to me. 
It's too defensive. And given how precise it is, it doesn't respond precisely enough to my button inputs. So I'd rather just swap over, play Devil May Cry 5 on a harder mode, or swap over and replay Darksiders 3, or play Mark of the Ninja, or play Hollow Knight. Or, honestly, I got my uh, 360 hooked up, put in Ninja Gaiden 2. Like, Ooh, Ninja Gaiden 2. There's these other games, many of them, many of which are difficult, but they're difficult in a very different way. So, it's... Sekiro is just not... It's, it's not my bag, baby. I, that was <laughs> awful, awesome powers. That's all right, that's all right. I got it, I got it. Uh, interesting. See, I'm in the same... See, I... I loved Demon Souls, but I also remember kind of what it did to me. Were you married yet? I was married. I didn't have any kids. No kids. That helps. Yeah, and so it's sort of like I want to. I want to do that again, but I also don't want to have that done to me <laughs> again. <laughs> so it's like that one time you went to Amsterdam. <laughs> so. So that's the best way I can put it, and and so every time every time there's a new, I, I could kind of like deal with Dark Souls because I'm just like, all right, it's Demon Souls but more, more or less with each Dark Souls game. But then like uh, Bloodborne, and Bloodborne I got messed up. I couldn't even get the game like past the beginning of the game. It's another story. Oh, another example too, because. In theory, I like the um, the the arms able to launch and like take you to higher places and stuff like that. It's great. Whenever I'm not involved in combat, it is perfectly responsive. Once I'm in combat, and this this is like after I tried, like I test it out. It's like okay, let me do it mid leap this way. Let me do it mid leap this way. Let me do it mid leap this way. The second I'm trying to escape from guys, next thing you know, it's not responding and I fall down a cliff. Even when the thing was highlighted. There was an instance where I'm crouched. No, not crouched. No, 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 no. So you can, you, can, you can hug the wall, right? Like a stealth game. You hug yeah. the wall. I toss something to distract and draw an enemy. And he creeps up. And like there were previous times while hugging the wall. Once the guy gets close enough in range. And again, this is only when you're hugging the wall. You can perform a stealth kill. It, allows, it locks on to him. It highlights him and it's like, oh, now you can kill him. And I do the stealth kill. Except all of a sudden, this one time, I drew him over and I'm hugging the wall and I'm waiting and I'm waiting and I'm waiting. And he walks by, he turns on, he looks at me and he's just looking at me. Doesn't go alert, but he's just looking at me. And I'm looking at him. He's looking at me. I'm looking at him. And it's still not telling me I can kill this guy. So I'm like, he ain't alert. He, he's not alert. <laughs> He's not, like, I don't, I don't know, like, do I attack him? What do I do? He's not going, he, what's going on? And then someone else is telling me, oh, well, you can't kill him from the front. Well, no, duh, that's why I was hugging the wall. Right. Like all the other times in which I did that. Clearly, this is an example of the game not working right. Oh, impossible. Impossible. No, From Software is perfect. Yeah. Everything is, like, the most perfect. They don't have any bugs. They have no bugs, no glitches. Everything is perfect. Anywhere between 30 and 40 FPS is fine. That's intentional. Everyone programs their games like that. <laughs> Fluctuating frame rate. Perfect. 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 Anyways, that's... Let's talk about, you know, about Devil May Cry 1. 
real quick, because I'm not done with the game yet. I'm probably not even halfway through. But we are, we are going to end up having a spoiler discussion on that, I think. We will, we will, but it's really, like, I was, so I was skeptical of Devil May Cry 5. Really? Because, well, okay, no, I wasn't skeptical. That's not the right word for it. So... I was a bit concerned. Okay, so I... I... I've loved 1, 3, and 4. I never beat 4. I beat 1 and... Or I never beat 3. I beat 1 and 4. And... Well, 3 is the best narrative-wise. Yeah. So... So I was like... And then I really... The one... My favorite up to that point was DMC, the Ninja Theory, uh, you know, sort of reboot of the property with Emo Dante and all that stuff. And what I felt like that one, it added a lot of, there was, you, you, you've, you've played that, so the, the combat, I, they, they streamlined the combat, it was fast, it was smooth. It, yeah, this is, I was gonna see. So, so I guess what I was afraid of was I was playing Devil May Cry. 5. I played, you know, one, three, and then I played DMC, and then I played Devil May Cry four, and I'm like, four I is definitely slower in comparison. Yeah, and, and four, especially the Nier Nero in four, was felt so slow and like. Well, and that's the thing. Funky compared to DMC, and when you get when you go from his grab to the chains in DMC it's it's like going back to that does feel like you're taking a step backward and this is where like here's my mixed feelings about Devil May Cry right now and mostly because I've played it more than the others I have the blasphemous opinion that I think DMC, Devil May Cry by Ninja Theory, is my favorite one to play. Because Dante's mobile, it's got great level design when it comes down to it. Yeah, it does have the it really best does. level design of the whole series. And it's... I feel like I can wrap my head around it because I'm not great at character action games. I'm not bad at them, I've been learning. I think I used to be bad, because human difficulty in Devil May Cry 4 gave me trouble back in 2008. And this is one of the it reasons was... I'm curious about playing Ninja Gaiden 2 again. Even though Ninja Gaiden 2 itself is highly technical and difficult. Mm -hmm. um, like there was a great meme I saw that was like... I'm f uh, Bayonetta, I'm fighting to be stylish, well no, that's more Devil May Cry, but I'm fighting to be beautiful, uh, Devil May Cry, I'm fighting to be stylish, Ninja Gaiden, I'm fighting for my effing life, and the guy's <laughs> crying, the man's crying, and yeah. it's like, that's, that is how Ninja Gaiden feels, compared to the other oh, two. Man. I um, still get, I still like, I get, get goosebumps like a, from it. <laughs> I, get, I, get, I don't know, goosebumps is the word? I get like a, like a panic attack or something, <laughs> when, from the original Ninja Gaiden, the cutscene where, like, the demon chick comes through the ceiling. Oh, gosh. You know what I'm talking I about? I never got past that in the original Ninja Gaiden. We talked about this. Yeah, so, like, no, but I still, because I remember it took so many tries to get past that the first time. And I remember I replayed it on the Vita, I think. The Vita, there was oh, a... God. I replayed it on the Vita, 
and I just totally wrecked her the first try. And I was like, take that! Depends on which on. version. I think the, the, the version Sigma. that was ported the PS... That I think they did make actually easier. Yeah, I know. They probably did. Not to, not to like, try and water right, down your accomplishment. Yeah, yeah. But anyway. I mean, I but, played through Ninja Gaiden 3, and that was a cakewalk. Right. So... But I no, 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 no. Oh. So, so go back to Devil Cry 5. Cry 5. So yeah. I feel like it, it's definitely an evolution of five of our four, four. but and it's there's Nero feels world better than he felt in four yes. in terms of um but there maybe is still a little bit of that where um ninja theory's combat was a little bit more to my liking now i'm gonna i'm gonna really unpopular opinion a really hot take Heavenly Sword is a amazing action game. It's like five hours long. I never played it, so I am not wading into that discussion. It's like five hours long. It's one of the few games. I actually beat that game on all three difficulty levels, I think. Like, I wasn't sure if I was going to be good at it, so I played it on easy and I beat it. And I'm like, okay, let's play it on normal. and Because it's short and I beat it. And I'm like, you know what? I'm just going to crank up the difficulty. And I actually... Played through the whole thing on the highest difficulty level. And there's not many games I can say that about. I love Heavenly Sword. That was like Ninja Theory's breakthrough. Uh, breakout, yeah. Breakout, whatever. Yeah, whatever it was. I would and, say and that so, too, because it was and, a big PS3 exclusive. Yeah, so that was like... So anyway, so I see that thread in Enslaved and DMC. Enslaved, the combat wasn't as strong as DMC's was. That was more known for the narrative, I think. Yeah, the narrative. But I even like Hellblade's combat. Like, and that's and the that, funny thing. What if, oh, that was another thing that came to mind. You're talking about deflections and stuff. My second playthrough of Hellblade, I was doing deflections constantly. And it was like, how did I not... How do, how, like, it's like, how did I beat this game the first time? Like, I didn't right. deflect much. And now I am. And it's like, this game is something else completely different. It's like, I didn't need... Like, it's like what your response to... What was it that we talked about last time? What a Final Fantasy... Right. It's like, did like, I use, like, I didn't even play this game, evidently. Like, well, that was the same thing with, um, that's Heavenly Sword, was the combat, if you're doing it right, always starts with a reversal. Yeah. That okay. it's like, it's like you always wait for the first attack, and then you do the reversal, and then all of the good combos come out of starting with the reversal, and then, like, chaining it, and... Yeah, I, and so yeah, heaven or um, Hellblade, Heavenly Sword, Hellblade. Funny. Uh, Hellblade, it was like the same thing. Where like the right once you got a hang the hang of of the what was it the deflections or whatever. Yeah, uh, it it really no, it still didn't work on all. It still didn't work on all enemies. That's the right. nice thing. Or there are variances to it. Like uh, the real revelation was Val Raven, who my first time through, I was like, God, this guy's kicking my butt. I don't know if I can beat him. And this time I'm like, wait a minute. When he throws that knife, can I deflect it? I can! Yeah, oh! see, I figured that out right away. And I was like, you were saying you had trouble. Like, what? So anyways, but uh, we got to save the rest of Devil May Cry 5. But clearly, this is the kind of combat that gets me excited more. And you know what the shame of it is? You are going to need to play at least a little bit of, a bit of it again after you beat it. Because, I mean, basically, these games have a natural new game plus. Yeah. So when you get some of your end game abilities, you're gonna want to try them out. And man, 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 is there some niceness to the the end game abilities? So 
it's yeah, Devil May Cry Five clearly. I mean that that is already like I guarantee you that's going to be my top three of the year so far. It's it's the, it's just like it's just pure video game. It's the but they actually met like between this and three, Devil May Cry can have a good story. Yeah, three is still technically told better because three has all of the cinematic thematic things where you can see even in the scenery they're using like imagery of like brothers and children and du duality mm. um red and blue like the red and blue oni of japanese legend kind of a deal like they're definitely going for all of these different bits of imagery it's definitely a better but better told story as simple as it is devil may cry five isn't as well told, but because it builds off of a lot of that uh, that element of Devil May Cry Three, mm. it's like this is a game for fans. Like new people can go in and play it, but you are not going to appreciate it if you don't. I can I can see that it's and that might be why I'm enjoying it so much is having having spent a good amount of time with the Devil May Cry series. It's just it's like it's just. Joy. It's video game joy. It's everything's a little bit over the top and a little bit ridiculous. And you're, you know, you're you're the reading poetry, reading like emo poetry out of your book while you summon a demon panther and a demon vulture to fight your enemies. What is it? He who desires but acts not breeds pestilence. So it is written. It's like, what are you talking about? <laughs> Oh my goodness, I love this game. He is so hot topic, too. He looks like he could be running this, this sort of like, so, I see you also like My Hero Academia, or as I like to call it, Boku no Hero Academia. You won't get that because you're not a weeaboo. <laughs> Anyways, we should move on. Uh, you should finally talk about Anthem. Anthem. Oh, did I talk about... I didn't talk about Anthem. Okay, okay, so, everybody... Anybody who's paying attention to the video game knows knows about Anthem. Alright, so basically, this is what happened with Anthem, and it makes more sense now that I know the whole story. So Bioware, EA, whatever, I know you're away, EA's publishing, whatever, set out to make this world-changing, um, open-world, shared-world shooter called Anthem. And in the process of doing this, they had a policy that they were not allowed to use Destiny or The Division as a point of reference. So what they basically did is they made a game that feels like crap to play, other than the flying element, and that makes all of the mistakes that Destiny 1 and The Division made at launch, in addition to having a poor technical backbone in a lot of ways where it makes it has like the worst of both worlds yeah. it has it has destiny one's launch emptiness and feeling of not a lot they're not being very much to do other than repetitive content um and also just they've gone had all kinds of issues with the the loot now, which I didn't really get in the, in well, at the, the demo, very least, but... even then, because at the very least, Destiny. Because one of the things that I keep hearing about is the world of Anthem looks very samey. Like it's just right. one world, and every environment looks the same. 
It's the same box canyon. It's the same cave. And at the very least, like when I think back to Destiny, I remember what Earth looked like. I remember what strikes on Earth looked like. I remember what the moon looked like. I remember where the wizard came from the moon. I remember, <laughs> like, what um, Mars like every, looked there was like. So, yeah, the I remember songs in these planets. Like, there's so much great personality, right? And then you, you remember, you hear one of these musical cues. Like, you're about to fight the Vex on Venus. Yes. And it's like, boom, like, that brings you back. And, and it's the, the fact that... All of these areas look different, and all of the aliens look unique, all the alien factions. Like, even Destiny 1, as many issues as it had when it launched, was not as... Like, it had more going for it than it yeah. sounds like Anthem had. Well, and the problem with Anthem is, and, this, and this, some of this is my recollection, which might be off, is Destiny, at launch, was a solid game, technically. The shooting felt good. The various types of the way the the, the shared spaces, like I talked about, with the shared spaces transitioning into solo or like fire team only spaces, that all worked really well from launch. With Anthem, you have stuff like, okay, you're you're playing this mission in a team of four, match made. Okay, well, somebody on your team is sprinting ahead and triggered a new area. So now you're at a loading screen in the middle of a mission for a new area. And then you get through that area. Oh, somebody backed out from the fire team. Now you're at another loading screen to get back to the other area, which is actually not where you were supposed to go to continue the mission. And okay, now you got to load again into the new area. This was in the demo. And this is where I'm just like, no, <laughs> like we solved these problems. Like, better games have ago. done this right. Like, And I'm, you go back and you watch that original announce, that, that original reveal gameplay, and it looked like a much more smooth process. You got weapons on the battlefield. You could check them out. You could switch your loadout. You dropped out, like, you left the, the, the hideout or whatever, and you went into the game world. There was no loading screen. It was smooth. Like, there's all these things that original, which was just, just a small demo. Yeah. yeah. That was total, like, uh, and it's just, it like was nothing, just a vertical slice. It didn't even feel, nothing even, I even felt as good as, um, I was playing, my son is, is playing through the campaign, I mentioned that, and of Destiny 2. Nothing even felt as good as, I just, I played for him for a minute to help him hit the next level because he was done with his video game time. And I just was wandering around, and I, oh, here's a public event, I'll do that, that'll give me some XP. Oh no, I'm doing this public event solo. I'm totally not going to be able to trigger, make the heroic triggers. And then a fire team shows up with me and helps me finish the public event and trigger the heroic and whatever. And it's just like nothing in Anthem even just felt that good. It's just the random stuff that happens yeah. all the time in Destiny. Oh, you mean like randomly loading into, uh, as like level one or level five, loading into the final boss fight with a bunch of other guys? <laughs> I, that never happened to me, but I know, but that that happened in the final launch game, and it's kind of amazing. And just like, um, and, and you you just see all these mistakes, and you read if you read on on Kotaku, uh, Jason Schreier's old yeah. piece, where they were even talking about they didn't have the story done before they had everyone doing voice work, and they couldn't <laughs> redo some of the lines, so that's why you will be playing a mission and people will reference events that didn't happen 
or they'll reference people as if they're not there, but they are, and all of this other stuff because it's like, oh yeah, we changed it. It's like you, you recorded all of this. You got all this expensive voice capture. And you're just going to ignore it like it's not like that is the most amateur hour of Bioware. Think about this for a minute. That's Bioware. Like who are supposed to be known for stories. And I'm actually wondering in hindsight, is this part of why like Seamus Young just finished his entire analysis critique of Mass Effect Andromeda. And he did a novel-sized critique of all three of the original Mass Effect games, where I agreed largely with him that Mass Effect 1 starts really well, 2 and 3 just goes downhill from after 1. I, I, and, I, 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 um, there are elements of 3 that I like, and there are elements of 2 that I like, but overall, especially in the main story... It starts to, like, it goes from holding the idiot ball to playing idiot dodgeball. Well, like, I, it's... I what, what, what carried Mass Effect were, were the power of the story moments and the power of the decisions had you made the right decisions for the course, over the course of the last and 60 reading hours. reading through his analysis, dude, Mass Effect and drama to sound so stupid. It I, does I, I not sound right. good. And here's I mean, the thing nothing... that, well, here's what makes me wonder, though, because it sounds like it's even worse than Mass Effect 3. And what makes me wonder about Andromeda, because originally it was supposed to be a bunch of procedurally generated worlds. To that end, I wonder if the story itself was not finalized until after they had finally had needed to decide, we can't do procedural worlds, we gotta do this stuff manually... And from that point onward, what is our story now that we got to lock it in? I don't know. I thought Mass Effect Andromeda was fine. Saying it's worse than Mass Effect 3, like, I hated the ending of Mass Effect 3. Mass Effect 3 has some of the best moments in the whole series. Um, like, saving the, um, crap, what were they called? The Pro Quarians. The, oh, Quarians oh, the Quarians created, who did they create? They created the, the, the Geth. The Geth. They created the Geth. And if you have played your cards perfectly, you can save the Quarians and the Geth. Oh yeah, I did. And like that, so was like that, that was wonderful. Really, that was great. Uh, the Solarian Doctor who created Morden. the Genophage. Morden. Morden. Yeah, sacrificing himself. Spoilers to, to cure oh. the Genophage. Like that was a he's great going moment. up the elevator well, the and everything exploding around him. Like that was amazing. And the best way to put it with Seamus is the fact that those games, Mass Effect two and three, had good side character content the side character content had the best writing of those games oh yeah which is why it's weird that the main right because that's the thing mass effect one both is good both are good the main story is good yeah and the side character content's good the writing's just good consistently oh man oh, two then... and three is where it's it got but... screwed up and that's where it's like what happened like... but then evidently andromeda doesn't have good at either I, I don't know. Yeah, okay. I, and the more I think about, like, like Rex, the, the sniper, what's her face, is, is ready to snipe Rex, and you were trying to talk Rex down. Or not Rex. Oh, no, that's the first game, yeah. That's the first game. Yeah, like, the, um, like that some of these the, moments. That was a great moment. That was one of those moments that made that game for me. Yeah. And, and you think, like, I'm talking about this. I played that game 13 years ago. And you can still remember. And I can still, I still like remember the adrenaline rush 
when I talked him down <laughs> and nobody died. Yep. Ashley was Ashley was Ashley. About to, Ashley was about to Which is one her. of the reasons why we leave her behind to die. Yes, we leave Ashley behind. Um, Space racist. Yeah, seriously. But so Actually, and, then, and then and then we get Anthem. And we get this garbage. Um and I'm sorry, but it's just like and they, they had what was it? They were this thing was in some stage of development for like seven years and they didn't have a story and they, they, they didn't have anything. They didn't have There was no bioware no, like, magic. I hate I hate Kotaku. I try to avoid giving them my ad click or whatever that I try to give, avoid giving them my click because they're just they're just an awful blog. But Jason Schreier does real journalism a lot. This is a good piece. Basically, like, if Jason Schreier went completely independent and just had his own website where he did these exposés, I'd be like, yeah, I'd, I'd, yeah. Yeah. I'd read it, but um, regardless of any of that, because let's move on to good writing. Good writing. Kingdom In, Hearts 3. No. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I have no idea, but I, don't, I doubt it. But <laughs> I do want to talk about, because I feel like Resident Evil 2... I'll talk about it another time. I could talk about it another time. Um, but right now, I don't know if I really feel like it. Even though it is one of my... Like, it and Devil May Cry 5 are right now at the top. Like, the games for every other game this year to beat are Resident Evil 2 and Devil May Cry 5. Capcom! Exactly. Capcom's back. Alright? But, Yakuza 0 and Kiwami. I have always been interested in the Yakuza series, but I never got into it. And my first impression was, okay, it's GTA, but Japanese. Mm. No, that is not it at all. Yakuza 0 and Kiwami are, what was it? Was, was it Warren Spector? I think it was Warren Spector that said he wanted to design a game that took place on a single city block. So you could create all the detail that goes with that city block. Yakuza Kiwami is more than a city block, but it's the closest thing to that realization because there is so much in that city. Mm. And like GTA, you've got a lot of side activities. You can go to the arcade, you can go to the bowling alley and bowl, you can go to the batting cages, you can do all that kind of side content and stuff. And what you really end up doing is walking the streets and picking up side quests where it's like, Oh, this girl selling her underwear to perverts? I'm going to try and talk her down out of that. Because, mm. oh, it turns out she's in some kind of a ring that she can't leave because the ringleader is a real, like, evil woman? Okay, well, let's go deal with that. Right. Like, it, it gets crazy. Some of these side quests get really crazy and out there. You have to teach a young woman how to be dominant and shame other and shame men and that's about the biggest detail I'm going to get into with that and it's absurd and hilarious and I made a mistake and like she pretended my character was a ghost at one point and it made things awkward and it was like okay wow. but it's 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 funny and it's got some decent brawling combat I don't want to say great because, again, like, I was going from playing Devil May Cry to, like, okay, I got some time. I'm going to play Yakuza. This doesn't do everything I was expecting it to do. Because <laughs> it's not Devil May Cry. Okay, grab and launch. No. <laughs> <laughs> there is no launch. There is grabbing. 
Um, but also, it's like you, your, your character has different styles. So I was thinking of, like, uh, if you're good with Dante, you could swap the styles like Devil May Cry 4 instantly. And No, you don't do that in Yakuza. Um, you pick a style mm-hmm. and you go with it for a while. Um, okay, yeah, because I always just assume that when there's different styles that you're supposed to, like, change there's different the enemy, There's different enemies, but no, you like, don't change styles. Okay, it's even, like, I'm thinking, like, Tekken or something where you have the different stances and you can, like, um, combo into a stance. But what this game's... It is a good combat system, though. Unfortunately, a lot of times you'll be wandering around. It's like everywhere there's dudes that are just like, oh, there he is. Let's go beat him up. And it's like you can get money that way, in zero at least. But otherwise, it's like, oh, come on, guys, leave me alone. Um, but anyways, the thing about this game is that... And I, I want to do a full write-up for my blog on this. It is the... I can only think to describe it as a man's game, but not like the man show is or was a completely stupid idea of masculinity. Hmm. Granted, that was the point. It was a joke, but it's still that stupid concept of masculinity. And like... I don't mean that to be like, so therefore everyone else is excluded. It's just like, the main characters have an honor code. It's very much about brotherhood. It's very much about strength and how you wield your power. It's got like... Like, this is a very mature-rated, R-rated kind of a game because it's the Yakuza. So yeah. there's definitely um, sex work going on. There's uh, talk about things like drugs and alcohol and stuff. Um, I don't think I ever saw anyone do drugs in the game. So I think they actually stay clean out of that. But there's definitely, like, bars your own, uh, protection money kind of a thing. But, like... Your characters stop men from accosting women. In the one in the one mode, your character runs something called a hostess club, which prob- might sound worse than it really is. Basically, um, it's one of those things that's difficult to explain if you're not familiar with, as I understand it. Maybe because the best way to describe it is, and, and Yakuza Kiwami has it's like the, a high class the, Hooters. Well, that's the thing. The, the, the Yakuza Kiwami has the, the gender reversal. Because you go and you know a guy that's run, running one. So basically the idea of the host club is you are a man. You go and you pay money to sit down with a very attractive woman that you're going to have a conversation with. You're going to enjoy her company. And she's going to get you to spend a lot of money in terms of booze and other stuff. Because that, you know, she earns commission. And then you leave. And maybe you'll be able to go out on dates, but... In reality, it's like the the idea is like you you're 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 gonna be some kind of a sugar daddy, but you're not going. Well, I don't know. I don't know what the reality is when it comes to the other. Oh, and in the game, it, but, it ends there. It's entirely a business. Well, you run the business and stuff yeah. like that. And the thing is, like, and again, in Yakuza Kiwami, you you have friends that do the reverse, where it's the women go and they pay to talk to the men, kind of a thing. It's funny, again, like, this is where 
I'm always on like this is like Japanese culture. Somehow they're both backwards and forwards with this kind of thing <laughs> than we are. Like because it's like oh you know there's this thing where men are paying to talk to women and stuff and oh isn't that objectification or whatever? Man, who cares? Women get their own. Just here, <laughs> do the same thing. Like yeah. just do your own version of it. Like just come on. Like that. The, yeah, there you go. But um, regardless of any of that, like like you. In Yakuza Zero, when you own your hostess club, you go and you basically say, hey, do you want to work for me? And usually they're like, oh, well, if you buy me this. Some special characters where, like, they do side quests for you. Like, if you do side quests for some of them, then they'll come and be like, oh, hey, can I work for you? But it's because like, they're a side quest character. Therefore, they're a special character for these things. But regardless, that's like a whole business management sim, which I am amazed they did not turn that into a mobile game. Because it is so ready to be its own mobile game. Huh. But, um, regardless, like, that, what I, that's what I meant, though, is, like, you're, you're not going to be, like, treating women, like, you're still a gentleman right. to women. Right, okay. Um, and that's part of it, is, like, being a gentleman, being honor, being this, that, the other thing. And it does have some good female characters in there, too. It's mostly guy characters as, as a result. Like, they're the big movers and shakers of the story. Well, that's the best way I can describe it. Like, this is something that's going to speak to a... That is more likely to speak to a general sense of shared masculinity. Okay, I mean, Not the, guaranteed. Well, that's, I mean, it's... Just by virtue of being about organized crime, that's <laughs> largely... It's largely like a man's world that the women who are in that are the, that are leaders of organized crime are typically the exception, whether that's you know Italian mafia or Irish mafia or Russian mafia or Japanese mafia or whatever it is. That's just sort of a fact of life. That this is if this is a story about organized crime, it's going to be unless it's you know a sort of a lowdown focus on a specific person. It's going to be a story about men. Yes, and this does it in a way that it's like, you can't help but like the protagonists and a lot of the characters. Mm -hmm. And what I found interesting is Yakuza 0 is a prequel, Kiwami is a remake of the old original PS2 game. I was, normally prequels are something that I, divorced from Star Wars here, let's not bring that one up, but most prequels I feel... Have a are in a very bad spot because you can't do too much. You have to set things up for the story. But what Yakuza Zero does is it does it tells its own standalone story, while for the most part successfully setting the stage for everything that's going to happen in Kiwami. To the point that if I never played Yakuza Zero, Kiwami would not have had the emotional impact it did. So, these two games together were great. I'm definitely going to try and get Kiwami 2. And after that, they just port 3, 4, and 5, with 6 being the latest one. And then later in June is Judgment, which is a spin-off series. Same universe, different characters. But I'm a big fan of these games now. So, you said before, you said that, that, that it's difficult for prequels... Um, to you know, be good, and you said you weren't including the Star Wars prequels 
in this category where it's difficult for them to be good. Because I don't want to talk about Star Wars again. <laughs> and I don't want to argue about this with you. I'm not done the secret history of Star Wars yet. I didn't even post that A Steve extra. I'm awful. I didn't do that. We had we had this break, and you could have been giving our listeners I could have been. this gold content of a conversation that picks up halfway of us talking about yeah. Star Wars. So maybe next week, if we don't record again anytime soon, like I'll drop the A Steve extra with twenty or thirty minutes of us just talking Star Wars crap. Um, oh, we're totally going to get an episode 9 trailer this weekend. Star Wars Celebration is this weekend. That's this weekend? This weekend. That's not May 4th? It's not May 4th. May the 4th? That's why there's a the, the, the Jedi Fallen Order trailer teased. Yeah. Okay. So we're going to get a Jedi Fallen Order trailer. We're going to get a Star Wars episode 9 trailer. I mean, you have fun with that and one. And a title reveal. So we're going to have to, we'll have to talk about it soon. I will look forward to the Red Letter Media Nerd Crew podcast making fun of all that. I'm sure they will make. There will be lots to make fun of. Um, okay, I think I don't think anyone. I think we're out of time. Wants to hear about? Oh, you don't want to talk about Kingdom March Three? Ah, Kingdom March Three. Oh 3. wow, we are really out of time. Really out of time. My goodness. Uh, maybe maybe we'll talk about Kingdom March Three another time. It's like it's exactly what it is. It's Disney fan service. Um, not that kind of fan service. <laughs> no. Fan service used to be much more broad. Yeah, but it's just like... Yeah, yeah, like... I don't know. Like, haven't you ever wanted to hang out with Rapunzel? No. And the dude? Okay, actually, you know what? Now that I think about it, when it comes to the 3D animated Disney films, accepting Wreck-It Ralph, I think Tangled might actually be one of the better ones, now that I think about it. But well, because there's a big focus on the newer Disney 3D animated stuff. There definitely is. I saw in the trailers. Yeah. Um, and randomly Pirates of the Caribbean again. Yeah. yeah. That was cool. Anyway, so we'll talk about that another time. We have something else to talk about. I wish about. I could do a Donald Duck impersonation. Um, I, I, you no, know, it's not, oh, I can't do it. Yeah, how, how does it do it? Oh, I want to say oh, this looks... Free. What yeah. is it? This looks like a great spot for ingredients or something like that. Like, yeah, yeah. Dude, I don't know how the, I don't know how people can play this game with Donald Duck all the time. But all right, all everybody. The time. All right, have a good night. Thank you for listening to this night. huge podcast. Huge, huge. Like Xbox. <laughs>